0: In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this morning, I'd like to talk with all of you about friendship. Uh, we all need friends, don't we? You, you kind of got to have them. And In fact, I read this week, uh, according to the experts, the psychologists and sociologists of our world, they, they say, they tell us that we need three to five close friendships in order to live a happy, healthy, fulfilled life. We need three to five close friends. Uh, Now, it's interesting because as recently as 10 or 15 years ago, that wasn't a problem for most of us. On average, 10, 15 years ago, we had about three close friends here in America, so we were doing okay. Uh, But a lot has has changed in the past 10 or 15 years or so, and actually today, on average, in 2018, any guesses how many friends we have, close friends we have today on average? 1.2. 1.2. 1.5. So we we live in this connected world full of social media that was supposed to strengthen the bonds of our friendship, but actually today we're becoming more isolated than ever. Today we have about 1.5 close friends. And and I don't doubt that statistic, I believe it, Uh, but it does make me think, what is a friend then, right? Uh, Because I checked yesterday and Facebook tells me that I have 767 friends, which of course you know is not anywhere near the truth. Uh, so, so what does it mean to be a friend? Uh, Facebook would suggest that it's anyone that I have any sort of connection to. I am friends on Facebook with people I haven't seen or talked to in 15 years. Some people I've never even met. So, what is a friend? Is it the person that you grab dinner with after work? Is that your friend? Is it the, the person you text when you want to watch a movie but you don't want to watch it alone? Is that a friend? Uh, Are friends the people that we cry with and laugh with? Uh, Maybe we'd say that's getting a little bit closer to what a friend really is. But I wonder, is it even more? I wonder, what is a friend, a true friend? We're going to need to grapple with that question today. We're going to wonder about that uh, because Jesus today tells us that he is our friend which in itself opens up a whole new set of questions, right? What does it mean to be Jesus' friend? Because we can't exactly call him up to grab dinner after work. We uh, can't text him to go to the movies. None of us can stop at his house after church today to laugh with him or to cry on his shoulder per se. So what does it mean to be Jesus' friend? Well, actually, Jesus is going to tell us what it means to be his friend today. He's going to show us what that looks like. And as we look at what it means to be Jesus' friend, I think we'll see what a true friend is, what real friendships look like. Uh, So the first thing that Jesus has told us about our friendship with him, uh, he has told us that Jesus has, he has chosen to be our friend. This is no forced friendship. Uh, Jesus is not your friend just because his dad told him he had to. Because our Heavenly Father felt bad for us and said, Jesus, go be nice to these people. You have to put up with them. No, Jesus tells us today in our reading from John 15, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. Jesus lets us know that he wants to be our friend. He wants to willingly enter into a relationship with us. He says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. Jesus reminds us that we are too self-consumed most of the time, too self-absorbed, too lost in our sin, too wandering, to have ever chosen him. Uh, The Bible actually says in different places that we are dead in our sins, so we couldn't choose him, but that he chose us. Despite our sin, despite all of our broken promises that we've made to him, despite all the times we said we would talk to him more often and then never did, Despite all the times we said we would never hurt him again, and then we did. Despite all of that, Jesus has chosen to be your friend. The God of the universe, the the maker of the moon, the one who put the stars in the sky, has chosen to befriend you. That is amazing. That's the first thing that Jesus tells us in our reading for today about friendship with him. The second thing he tells us, Is that he has revealed himself to us. He's opened up his life to us and and given us a glimpse. And that's how it is with all of our friendships, isn't it? Our close friendships, real friendships. Again, you don't build up any walls or have any facades. You don't have to wear any masks. You can just be yourself, can't you, around your close friends. You can tell them things. You want to tell them things. You want to show your friends who you really are. Uh, you, You open up your heart to them and pour things out to them. And that's what God has done for us. Through Jesus, God has shown us who he is. He's opened up his heart to us and revealed himself to us by sending his son, Jesus. And through Jesus' life, as he healed people and welcomed people in, as he sat at the table of of sinners, Jesus has shown us that we have a God of mercy and grace and love and forgiveness. God has opened up his heart wide and said, Take a look. I want you to know me. There's no secrets here. Everything you need to know about me is found in Jesus. That's what kind of friend we have in him. Uh, A friend who opens up his life to us and shows us who he is. Uh, The third thing we learn about our friendship with Jesus is that it is a a friendship founded upon love. Uh, You all might have friendships that are founded upon a shared interest, like you like to knit together, you like to cook together, or maybe you have a a sports team that you cheer for together. You go on runs with certain friends uh, and, and that's fine. Uh, But Jesus tells us that the foundation of our relationship with him is love. And he made that pretty clear in the opening words he said to us today. In verse 9 of chapter 15, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Uh, The foundation of our relationship is one of love. And not just a a feeling of love, not some sentimental romantic love, but real tangible love. Uh, This is what Jesus has to say about his love for us. He says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And and that's what Jesus has done for us. He has laid down his life for us. Jesus died so that he could be your friend. (laughs) That's how much he loves you. That tells us something about our God, how much he loves us. Uh, Which brings us to our last point then. Because Jesus has chosen us, because he's opened up his life to us and revealed himself to us and said, Look, look at who I am. I'm a God of mercy and grace and love because he laid down his life for us. Because of all of that, we have joy. Now, I know for some of us that might be hard to believe Uh, as uh, Lutherans, we don't always act very joyful. And sometimes Christians in general get this reputation of being these serious, solemn people who don't know how to have fun. And to be sure, our idea of fun and our thoughts about joy are often very different than what the world has to say about what those things look like. Uh, But Jesus tells us today that to, to be his child, to be his friend, means that we have joy, actual joy, complete joy. All of the joy that we are looking for in this world, that we're searching after, that we try to buy as we look for joy in homes or cars or purses or phones, the, the joy that we try to find in our food, the joy that we try to find in relationships and other friendships, all of the joy that we are searching for and grasping after is actually found in him. In Jesus, we have total and complete joy. And not just a nice idea about joy, but actual joy, like actual danceable, singable, shoutable, shareable, throw your hands in the airable joy. Jesus reminds us today, he gives us permission to be joyful, to smile and and be happy and, and to share that joy with each other. We can be joyful and have joy and act joyful. We have a friendship with Jesus that results in joy, which I hope is how all of our friendships are. At least those close friendships. If your friends don't bring you joy, then maybe find some new friends. (laughs) Um, But in all seriousness, Jesus, in our friendship with him, brings us true and lasting joy. And that's what it looks like to have a friend in Jesus. He has chosen us. He has revealed his heart to us. He has loved us with real, sacrificial love. He has died to become our friend. And now, because of all of that, we have joy, Jesus is our friend. There's lots of examples in the Bible that I can think of where God has befriended friendless people, where God has come alongside of people who have no other friends. And you can probably think of lots of biblical examples of that, God befriending the friendless. But there's one example uh, that's one of my favorites, and it's in John chapter 8. Uh, We didn't read the story today, so maybe your homework can be To go home and read John chapter 8 and to read this story. It's uh, the story of a woman, a woman who seemingly has no friends. It's a, a woman who finds herself at one point in the story with her hands and knees on the ground and she is face down in the dirt and she is surrounded by all of these men, these angry men with pointing fingers and judgmental thoughts and stones that they're ready to pick up. And she is surrounded by people, and yet she has no friends. You see, this woman has been caught. She messed up. She sinned. Uh, She slept with a man who was not her husband. She committed adultery. And we don't know how or we don't know why, but, but she was caught. And these religious people one day show up on her doorstep, and they're ready to judge. And they drag her out of her home, and they bring her to the temple so that they can condemn her in the presence of the Almighty God. And... And as she kneels there with all of these people around her arguing and fighting around her, she is completely friendless. (laughs) There's no childhood friend who comes to her defense to speak well of her, to say, hey, I know her, and and she's actually a good person. There's no neighbor who shows up on the scene ready to swoop in and save the day. There's no family friend who arrives on the scene uh, to, to come to her help. She is completely friendless. And when I read this story, John chapter 8, I sometimes wonder, what was this woman thinking? She had to have been scared. She might have been angry. She was probably confused. I don't know, maybe she just felt guilty and and just wanted all of it to get over with. Like, just pick up your stones and do what you came to do. But we don't know what what she was thinking. But if she knelt there, hands and feet on the ground, face down in the dirt, if she would have dared to, to take a quick glance to the side, what she would have seen was a man, a, a strange man, who was scribbling things in the sand. As she knelt there, this man eventually would speak up, and in quiet but firm words, he would quiet the angry mob around them. He would say, quite simply, whoever among you is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And just as quickly as he started speaking, he stopped and he went back to his strange sand scribbling. As that woman knelt there, completely friendless, as she listened, she would have heard one by one these angry men walk away. And before she knew it, she was alone. And, and after probably what seemed like an eternity, she might have gotten the courage to finally look up and to see what was going on. And when she did, she would have seen a friend Uh, A true friend. She would have seen Jesus. She would have seen the one who had chosen her, who had chosen to be there when no one else showed up, the one who, who chose to stand by her. The one who chose to love her while the rest wagged their fingers. She would have seen the one who revealed himself to her, who was opening up his heart to her and showing her that he was a God of mercy and grace and love. She would have seen the one who loved her with a sacrificial love who would one day soon lay down his life for her. He would have, she would have seen the one who came to bring her joy, true joy in a joyless world, a joy that no man and no sin could have ever given to her. She would have seen Jesus her true and lasting friend. See, brothers and sisters, that's the friend that you all have. You have a friend in Jesus. Uh, At Living Christ, for the past year and a half or so, we've been uh, living, trying to live in light of these two words, loved and sent. Uh, Trying to remind ourselves that we are loved way more than any of us ever deserved and that we are sent by God out into the world to share that love. Uh, giving us purpose and meaning, more purpose and meaning than we could ever imagine. We are loved and we are sent. It's a refrain, a pattern. Uh, that I think we see throughout the Scripture, God loving his people, undeservedly loving, and then sending them out, empowering them to change the world. And and I think we see that pattern, this refrain of loving and sending, in our reading for today. Jesus reminds us that, that out of love he chose to be our friend, that out of love he revealed himself to us, and he said, take a look at what kind of God you have, that out of love he laid down his life for us, dying to become our friends. Out of love he came to bring us joy, True joy, everlasting joy. And now, God has said, he is going to send us out as his friends. He he said it in our reading for today. Again, he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. God has loved us, chosen us to be his friends, and now tells us, sends us to go and befriend the friendless. To go and reveal who he is to those who haven't heard about him. To go and share of his love. To tell the world that they have a God who loves them so much that he laid down his life for them. To go, appointed by God, to share his joy. His danceable, singable, shoutable, throw your hands in the arable joy. God has sent us to befriend the friendless. After all, that's what he did for us. He loved us with his amazing love and chose to be your friend. We all need friends. According to the experts, three to five of them. And maybe you have many more, praise be to God. Or maybe you're struggling to think of a single friend that you can really count on. You're struggling to think of one person that you would call when you needed them the most. But whatever number you come up with, whether it's zero or one or twenty-five, this morning, remember to always add one more, because you always have a friend in Jesus. In his name, amen.